church. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to live in a nation that it's free to gather together in your name, to learn of your word. Father, we pray for your church throughout the world. Lord, for those especially in nations that uh, suffer merely because they're Christian. Uh, Lord, and, and what great freedom you've given us in this nation. Lord, we respect that. Just pray your blessing on this uh, message. Help me communicate what you put in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Mission Possible is the name of this series, and it's about uh, the fact that Jesus gave us as a church mission to accomplish, and He also equipped us with the power to do that mission. And uh, so the series is really about the mission and how, as a church and as individuals, we can fulfill it in our lives. Uh, two weeks ago, Graham began uh, <coughs> uh, the series by challenging us to better understand what the gospel means. You know, we use that term, the gospel, and I thought he did a fantastic job in, in, in really challenging how we define what the gospel is. If you didn't hear it, I recommend you listen to the podcast. And last week, uh, uh, Taku shared about, uh, you know, she being a missionary for one of the least reached nations in the world fit well with the series and, and just shared from her heart, uh, slow as fast, you know, and how, how we are not to give up. Um, and I just want to build on that <clears throat> foundation and continue on um, talking about uh, our mission. Of course, the title of this series, Mission Possible, what do you think of the picture? I like it. It's kind of cool, isn't it? I was thinking I might try skydiving. Really? I've never even considered it. <laughs> George Bush can do it, right? <coughs> All right, sorry. Distraction. <clears throat> it just came to me. I've always been terrified of it. And I thought, well, it's probably cheaper than learning how to fly. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't afford flight lessons. So I'll just jump. <laughs> you know, it's funny how all the movies are called. It's based on the TV and movie series Mission Impossible. They always seem to pull it off, you know? So it's like Mission Almost Impossible. <laughs> and I did watch the latest... Uh, um, uh, movie, The Ghost Protocol, and, and I agree it was a pretty good movie. And boy, uh, what's his name? Tom Cruise did fall a lot. He was always falling and hitting things. <coughs> um, there were a few things in the movie that stood out, and I thought they really connected with, with really the series. And if you watch the movie or not, you'll, you'll get the idea. Um, one is that as, as the group, you know, it's the whole thing about Mission Impossible is a small team that's selected if they choose to accept the mission. Um, and then they have to do this outrageous thing. <clears throat> but they always knew what the mission was. You know, it's how the movie began. They listened to a recording. This is your mission if you choose to, uh, to uh, embrace it or take it. Accept it, sorry. <laughs> and they stayed intent on that, on that singular goal. You know, all the way through, something would happen, and they'd say, that's not our mission. This is our mission. And they'd go after what the mission was really about. And they never gave up, right? And you see that in many of the, in these types of movies. You know, things happen, and you think, oh, it's, it's the end. They'll never, and then they, but they don't give up. And this is what Kaku shared, isn't it? Don't give up. Uh, and because they didn't give up, even though they seemed like they were doomed, eventually they, they were able to pull it off at the last moment. And the last thing that I really liked, especially about this last, uh, 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 Mission Impossible movie is that it really was a ragtag group. Uh, it was a group of people thrown together by circumstance, a group of people that, that would not have chosen. At the last scene, they kind of talk about, you know, you know, I never would have chose, 
chosen to be a team, but we worked pretty good <clears throat> together. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and, and often, or, or in a very real way, this, this is a great picture of the church. Alright? As a church, we need to know what our mission is. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what this series is about. Is understanding what our mission is and being intent, staying focused on that goal and not being distracted. Churches are really good at getting distracted, you know. But to be, what is the mission? What are we about? Why are we here? And to not give up, even though lots of things happen. As Carrie was sharing during worship, things happen to, 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 that, seem, that attempt to discourage us. But we don't, if we don't give up and we stay focused on the mission, uh, we will accomplish it. And sure enough, if anything fits the description of the church, it's the fact that we're a ragtag group of people. <clears throat> All right? Listen, I don't think there's a single person in this room that I would even have met, let alone have you know, work together, some of you for years, some of you for decades, some of you for months, if it had not been that Jesus, you know, I had an encounter with the person Jesus Christ. And you had an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. Alright? If it wasn't for that fact, we would never even seen each other. I would not have met my wife. Alright? And, and, and God for whatever reason, chose to put us together in this church. Some of us for years, some of us uh, for our whole life, some of us for a season. <clears throat> but we're, we're together in a church, and, and uh, if it hadn't be, been for that, we probably wouldn't even know each other, let alone be committed into the same task. And so this idea of being people thrown together almost by circumstance really fits the picture of the church. <clears throat> Our mission, um, and the thing that we need to, to focus on, the thing that unites us, uh, is to preach the gospel and to make disciples. Alright? And I talked about this just a few months ago when I was going over our, the mission of the church, and I don't want to uh, jump back into the Great Commission, but we want to focus a little more tighter into, well, well, what actually does that mean? And that's why Graham took time to explain what the gospel means uh, that it's not merely the plan of salvation, you know, although it includes that. It's not to diminish the importance of personal salvation, but to understand that personal salvation brings you in to a greater uh, aspect or a greater understanding, a greater experience. Uh, That if the Gospel is merely the plan of salvation, it really is reducing it and putting people at the center of the message of the Gospel rather than Jesus being at the center. Remember when he preached that? Anybody who was here? You know, it's true. The Gospel, the message that Christ came, is not about me. Although, in one sense it is, when I receive it, okay, it's not about people. It's not people-centric. It's Christ-centric. Okay, Jesus is at the center. It's centered upon who Jesus is and what He did, what He accomplished and what He accomplishes, what He did and what He does. And the Gospel is telling that story about what Jesus did and who Jesus is and what He can do. 
I loved how he said you don't have to convince people of their sin when you share with him the story of Jesus because he was the one who had no sin. And when we share with the people Jesus' story, you know, that he, was died, he died for us, he was buried, he was raised from the dead, and he appeared, uh, revealing himself as Lord. Uh, they'll come to an understanding. When they see the sinless one, that will reveal their sin. Or even better, when we share with them how an encounter with this Jesus in your own life has freed you from your sin. Or saved you from, from your issues. Does that make sense? I mean, that's telling the story in a bigger way rather than convincing someone or trying to... You know, it's not a sales job. It's just telling your story. It's communicating uh, the story of Jesus, how Christ impacted your life. And when you do that, they will see. It's not avoiding the sin issue. Not at all. All right? It's focusing it not on sin or not on me or not on the individual, but being focused on Christ and communicating that. And by doing that, the Holy Spirit then is free. It's His job to convince the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment to come. And He's really good about that. So I want to talk, I want to share a little bit about uh, the Apostle Paul uh, and then, and my own personal testimony. You know, Christ, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul, in almost every place that he went, and I give credit to Kathy uh, bringing this out <clears throat> as we were talking a while back, so everywhere Paul went, he'd begin with his testimony. He'd just share what happened to him. And as a result of it, a church would be birthed. Okay? Simply by telling his testimony. And I thought, <clears throat> I looked at the beginning, and I encourage you to do this. Uh, Paul wrote most of the New Testament, many of the, uh, the epistles in the, in the New Testament, uh, all, just about all the ones that are, 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 begin with the name of cities, like Corinthians, uh, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians. Paul wrote all those. And uh, <clears throat> um, he opens up each one. The first verse or two is very insightful. And you just go through and real quickly read the first verse, first verse or two, first section of each one, and, and, and read it and think, you know, what is Paul saying in this opening statement? I'm going to read a couple of them for, for you. Uh, I just pulled out uh, four of them. So Paul's opening up this letter, but he talks about himself and he talks uh, uh, about uh, his commission, his mission. So Paul in First Timothy chapter one, one and two in the New King James, all these are in the New King James. First Timothy one one says Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Even at the beginning, see how he focuses it right on Christ. And he's, a, he's an apostle by the commandment of Jesus Christ. And he, who is he writing to? To Timothy, a true son in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Right from the beginning. He's, this is who I am and this is what I'm talking about. Right? He didn't, he didn't pull any punches. Paul in 2 Timothy writes it this way. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which was given in Christ Jesus. Boy, in the first sentence... He wraps it right up. says, boom, this is what I'm about. This is why I'm writing. This is who I am, and this is what I have to say. He's a master at it. And we need to learn from him. All right? How'd you like to get an opening line, you know, when you meet someone, that you can say who you are and what your purpose in life is in one sentence like Paul? Do you think he practiced? Hi, I'm Paul, an apostle. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, he did practice. He practiced it every day. You know? <clears throat> Timothy, or I mean, so Titus 1, to another uh, son in the Lord, said, Paul, a bondservant of Christ and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness. Again, he says another aspect about his rel- who he is. A bondservant actually means a slave. I'm a slave of God. Yeah. <clears throat> a slave, surrendered. All right? And an apostle. So he balances it. Apostle is a, is a, is a role of authority, but a slave is a role, a role of submission and uh, servanthood. Uh, of Jesus Christ. My life is about Christ Jesus. Philemon, <clears throat> Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. You know, he was literally in a prison when he wrote that. But he didn't define his life by his natural circumstances. He defined his life by his relationship with Jesus Christ. And so he's a prisoner, and he was a prisoner because of his faith. But he embraced that. Come on. Apply this to your life. <clears throat> and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Aphia and Archibus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. You know, Paul's not shy about his calling of authority as an apostle, but he's clear, <clears throat> he's clear that he's in that position not by his own choice. And every one of these things, and if you read all of them in the New Testament, he, uh, every, you know, it's by the commandment of God. <laughs> now listen, God commanded me to do this, Paul's saying. Or by the will of God. Or I'm doing this as a slave. I'm doing this as a prisoner. Alright? It wasn't his choice. It was the mission that he was called to. And he accepted it. And he embraced it with our whole lives. I'm challenging you uh, to do that. And I'm embracing that. This is our mission in life. If we choose to accept it. Uh, in the same way, you know, I serve this congregation. And I think this relates not just to me as a, as a leader, but I want you to understand how it relates to each of us as, as believers, as, as co-laborers. I serve this congregation by the commandment of God. I, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't felt, feel that God commanded me to do it. I serve by His will as a bondservant. In fact, Sometimes it even feels like as a prisoner. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> really. <clears throat> uh, especially after 25 years, <laughs> 30 years. You know. um, but it's true. I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And frankly, I'm glad to be. I'd rather, I'd rather be a prisoner than Jesus than be free, you know, in the Satan or sin, or flesh, in that sense, because I know that that's not real freedom. I'm bound with Christ. And that's, that's the most freeing destiny that I've ever uh, heard of, if you really understand it. <clears throat> See, and I look at each of you just as Paul looked at those he served with, as sons and daughters, as friends, as brothers and sisters, as fellow laborers and soldiers. And I, and I'm not, I, I want to communicate <clears throat> that I really do 
look at each and every one of you in that way. Some of you more like a, a son or a, a daughter. Some of you more uh, like a, a friend, a brother, sister. Some of you more like a... And sometimes it depends on what your role is at the moment, you know. Uh, <clears throat> and, and sometimes I've, I've, people have come to me and, and, and said, Pastor Cameron, what do you think about this? And I said, you know, you know really we're friends. You can, I'm just your friend. And I really mean that, okay? Because we're friends. That's what fellowship means. We're co-laborers. And even though I may have a position of authority in the church, on another level, we're just sheep, okay? We're serving together. And your role is just as important as my role, all right? It doesn't mean I've abdicated the role of apostle or leader of this congregation, I'm actually trying to call you up into a higher level. Because that's the best understanding of the church. It's not leaders do the work and we come and just listen. I'm here to equip you. And I'm calling you into the mission. You know, there was a team leader in each one of those Mission Impossible, but it required the full effort of everybody on the team, right? And if it wasn't for everyone willing to give their all, they wouldn't get the mission done. That's exactly the way it is in the church. It's real easy to not see it that way because I'm standing on stage and you're sitting and listening to me talk. But that's only for this 30-minute segment. <laughs> and my talk is meant to equip you. All right. <clears throat> so that's how I see you. That's how Paul saw. Um, it is this gospel that, uh, 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 that we've talked about and Graham defined. <clears throat> that defines our relationship. All right, my relationship with you is, and your relationship with me, and our relationship with each other is defined by the gospel and defined by our mission. We're friends, we're co-laborers, we're fellow soldiers because we both embrace this mission. We're on the mission together. Um, it's a direct result of our uh, our shared relationship with Jesus. Uh, and see, you know, I was, I was led to the Lord by a... And this, this is where I want to talk a little bit about my personal testimony. I was led to the Lord. He showed up here a few months ago. Uh, I hadn't seen him in almost two, 20 years. Uh, by this radical evangelist. And Kathy knows him. And uh, preached to me in a factory. Uh, and actually, he preached to everybody he met. <laughs> he was unstoppable. And his, his, natural, his, his first language is, um, is Spanish, and so, man, if he was around somebody that spoke Spanish, he just, oh, man, he could really go. But it was, if he was forced to speak English, it was, it was kind of rough. <laughs> but he preached to him anyway. Um, and, uh, and so when, when I was saved, the first uh, year of my, my salvation, I just hung with this guy constantly, lived in his home for, for months. And um, I understood what it meant to be a Christian by looking at that man's life. All right, he preached to everybody, and and this is how I got saved. Um, um, I was born in in the church that that he was in. This was in Lansing. Really, they were going through a mini revival. There was really hundreds getting saved at that time. You know, another thing I saw was this guy had a lot of difficulties in his personal life and in his family. And that church had a lot of, man, it, let me just tell you, it doesn't exist anymore. You know, five years after I was gone, it was gone. You know, because churches have issues. 
People have issues. Yeah, and they bring them to church. Imagine that. You know, but I saw all that right from the beginning. Uh, but I, but I also saw that it wasn't about the issues. It wasn't about his personal problems. It was about the mission. You know, Jesus Christ literally appeared to me in, in a vision, and uh, before I was uh, led to the Lord by this man, and I saw uh, Jesus as a, a, Lord, a mighty Lord. You've heard me tell this story if you've been around. He had this uh, large two-edged sword, and he was coming directly at me. Um, <clears throat> and I encountered Christ as a, a warrior bearing a sword, and I knelt and submitted to him, not understanding what was happening. And it was the next day that the evangelist showed up and, and, and read this verse, <clears throat> Hebrews 4.12. He says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there's no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. Seeing then that we have a great High Priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Alright? And that man came to me, read that verse, I connected it with that vision where Jesus came with a two-edged sword that I couldn't hide from. And I was, I was shaking and went to my knees and He led me in a sinner's prayer. At that moment, I realized it wasn't about my issues. It wasn't about Jaime's issues, who was the man who led me to the Lord. It wasn't about the church's issues. I hadn't even seen those yet because I encountered Christ. And the Gospel is about Jesus Christ. And the impact of the Gospel is that it changed my life. All right, and I get up and I I get to know this guy. I go, wow, there's some major. I mean, I was impressed. He taught me so much. I honor him. Okay, he's my spiritual father, but he's just a man. All right, and the church is a church, but I honor it. And, I'm, and from that moment, I was birthed into the church. And I saw the purpose of the church was to continue to carry this mission forward. What mission? The mission given to us by our Commander-in-Chief, Jesus Christ. The mission to tell the story. The Gospel. We are to be missional. Alright? Everybody say the word missional. Missional. So, some people are very familiar with that term. For some of you, I realize it may be the first time you used it. And actually, they just invented it not too long ago. If you type it into your word processor, it, says, it tells you it's misspelled. Okay? <laughs> because, <clears throat> you know, teachers are, are trying to communicate this idea. The idea is not new. But the fact that if I say mission, everybody in here thinks, you know, you have to go overseas. All right? Or you have to go to some unreached people where you think jungles or whatever, depending on what, you know, what you've read. Uh, <clears throat> and so how can we communicate that the church needs to be about mission where they are. You know, if you're not doing mission here, you'll never make it as a missionary in some other country. Alright? I tell people that come and, and talk to me, they think they're called a mission, to be a missionary. You know, and I'm like, well, what are you doing now? Okay? Because if you go to another country, you'll only be able to do what you know how to do. It's not like going to another country will make it easier. It'll make it a thousand times harder. Alright? 
Yes, Dennis. <laughs> That's what I told William. He's learning it. He's doing it. Um, so, uh, we are to be missional. And this, I, this word communicates an idea. It's, and I'm going to just read this quote. Missional living is a Christian term that describes a missionary lifestyle. Adopting the posture, thinking, behaviors, and practices of a missionary in order to engage others with the gospel message. The missional church movement, which there is a movement, uh, and I would like to think we're part of it, is a church renewal movement predicated on the necessity of missional living by Christians and the missional nature of the church. It's from the most reliable source of information, Wikipedia. Another author uh, in a book called The Mission of God in the Local Church, I don't know much about it. This is actually excerpt, an excerpt taken from Wikipedia as well. It says, therefore, a local church is missional when it intentionally pursues God's mission for His glory among all peoples by following His pattern and His ways of expanding His kingdom. That's a good idea, isn't it? <laughs> following His pattern, His ways to expand His kingdom. And a church is missional when we live that way. Alright? <clears throat> so I realize that's what missional means. It means living as missionaries and understanding that the church is supposed to be missional. Alright? And you think, well, well, what else? What, if people aren't thinking that it's missional, what are they thinking that the church is? And a lot of times people think, uh, uh the church, <clears throat> there's a couple of analogies I'm gonna share. And one of them is, some people think of the church like they think of marriage. And that's biblical if you have a biblical mindset of marriage. <laughs> but but if, you, if your biblical understanding of marriage is not good, then, then it twists your understanding of church. <clears throat> In other words, the reason I bring this up is that a lot of people think that, well, church should be the easiest place I can go to. You know? A marriage, when people think of marriage, it should be the easiest relationship. Because after all, it's, it's based on love. Right? But then, then you live 24-7 you know, with someone that's broken and has their personal problems. And after a few years, you can find out, oh my word, what did I get myself into? And then you think, they have to live with you. Which is probably even worse. Okay? And you realize, marriage is actually the relationship you have to invest the most time into. The most effort into. Okay, and if you do it right, you'll get the most reward out of it. What's well, the same as this church? The Bible compares the church to being married in many ways. It's that you know we have to invest more into it because we're committed to one another for the purpose of mission. We put up with one another's differences and foibles and weaknesses. Why? Not because I choose to hang out with you just because you're friends. And I may do that. There may be a, an extra benefit. And I do happen to like mo- all of you. I was going to say most of you, but I, I, better, say, I better say all of you. <laughs> I'm going to pay for that one. Yeah, we were not straight. I wouldn't. I can't think of anyone here I wouldn't like to hang out with. Okay, but you know what? I'm not here just to hang out. I'm here to do the mission. All right. And you want to be my friend? Help me. Help me in this mission. And frankly, if you're not mission oriented, there'll come a point where I will leave you behind. Okay. 
Because where my commander goes, I go. Period. And I'm here to say, this way, charge. All right? If you want to be friends, that's good. In the context of, when the bullets fly, I'm heading into the fray. Does that make sense? All right? And if you get hit, it may be time to stop and take care of you, or it may be time to continue the battle and let someone else take care of you. That's part of warfare. Right? For your good. Because if I don't get that enemy, you're going to die. And the rest of us are going to die. Right? So there's a missional aspect involved. Okay? <clears throat> let's, let's continue on. Um, da, 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 da. You know, it's, the church is not a group of people that just naturally get along. Have you read the New Testament? <laughs> I love this quote. I want to squeeze it in here. This is from the latest issue of Time magazine. It's Benjamin Netanyahu, who's the Prime Minister of Israel. Uh, fascinating story. Um, <clears throat> and it says, for Netanyahu, the Jews are not so much God's chosen people as his argumentative ones. They don't take things on faith. Abraham, Moses, and Job, he notes, all argued with God and sometimes won. <laughs> it's interesting. The article doesn't say this, but Jacob actually means, you know, one who argues. And Israel, God changed his name to uh, after he uh, uh, was conquered by uh, the angel of the Lord and submitted to Israel. Uh, <clears throat> Jacob means contender. And so, uh, in the natural, they are arguers <laughs> and good at it. It's in the spiritual. I'm not talking about uh, this, but I just thought it was an interesting uh, uh, perspective of Israel. Likewise, sometimes the church is, is, is more argumentative or divisive than who we're called to be as the bride of Christ. Okay? And the bride of Christ is described in Ephesians as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she, she should be holy and without blemish. There's a, an apostle who lived back in the, uh, uh, in, the, in the revival before me. I met him when he was in his 80s. His name was Reg Lazell. And it's interesting. He was from uh, British Columbia. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting that the, the leaders of the uh, church in Japan that Dennis is affiliated with um, also knew Reg Lazell. When I brought up the name Reg Lazell this last time in Japan, we were sitting at a table uh, they all knew Reg, and there was an old man there. He's, he's probably now in his 80s, he and his wife, um, who came in to be part of the celebration. And I said, uh, I, said I, I know Reg Lazelle. Do you know Reg Lazelle? And he looked at me and he said, I didn't think you were old enough to know Reg Lazelle. <clears throat> and Reg was a leader of the revival that happened in the, in the late 40s that brought about that whole experience of um, spontaneous worship and, and was one of the key uh, aspects of the charismatic revival and it led to the Jesus People movement, and he's actually written up in history books. But he said this one thing I learned from him. He said, the purpose of every local church is mission, and the purpose of every mission is the local church. Because he also did extensive mission work. He and his son, uh, sons and daughters uh, did an extensive work in, in, in Africa. And so <laughs> this teaching, that, this understanding that the local church is all about mission, and mission is all about uh, uh, the local church, they're intricately intertwined. You cannot separate that. So if someone thinks they can go out and be an evangelist or do missionary work, apart from establishing the local church, they're misunderstanding the very nature of mission. They're misunderstanding the mission. Okay? 
And if you try to do church without reaching out to the lost and seeing that our primary purpose is to, is to bring the message of the gospel to those who have not heard it and don't understand it, then you won't understand what the local church is. Because it's really one mission. Okay? It's one commission. Jesus didn't say, go make gatherings of people that already believe with me that, that are safe, and then some of them go out and talk to the ones that don't know yet. And he said, go into all the world and make disciples. That's the mission. <clears throat> it's, 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 they're into, they're, they cannot be separated. And so I'm, I believe God is calling us as a church, and, and me personally, you know, six months after I got saved, I went to a, one of the largest missionary conventions there, there is called Urbana. Uh, and and uh, it was all about world missions. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, God spoke to me there uh, that I wasn't to go overseas full time, uh, but I was to send, and I've been doing it ever since. But I, I believe that we as a church need to become more missional minding missional minded understanding our purpose and our identity in this in this context john or says it this way the church is not a hospital it's an army an army has a hospital but it's not a hospital right it's primary who wants to join a hospital all right if you think the church is just about getting you healed up that's a hospital mentality Nobody likes to be in a hospital. Even the people that work there hate it. All right? You get in there, all you want to do is get out. We're an army. The church is primarily apostolic, not pastoral. We're called to go. That's what apostle means. And when we embrace this understanding of how we are to de- handle or how we are to use, how we are, or, or, or what the purpose of the gospel message is, then it comes together. And that we're to, the gospel equips the church to be missional, to make disciples. Next week I'm going to talk about what a disciple is and how our definition of disciple really uh, helps us, uh, uh, shapes our approach to living as Christians and fulfilling our missions. Right now, Aaron has some announcements. Welcome him, please.